Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. Community. And that was, 
So I wanted to thank everyone who participated and Charmaine Pearson for setting it up. And then Trivia Night was pretty cool too. We had a ball in Trivia Night and it was somebody who was new and she just swept 10, 10, 10, 10. <laughs> she looked young. I don't know how she knew all those answers. <laughs> you weren't supposed to use your phone. She might have used Alexa. I don't know. <laughs> but she did. We did. We had a really good time. And I wanted to thank Eileen Lindbergh for setting that up. It was a lot of fun. Those of you who, who were there, did you have fun? Yeah. yeah, I had fun too. It was nice. And then um, what I want to say too is I want to invite, well, we only have a few of us, but come on downstairs for fellowship after service today and let's go ahead and mingle and, and share some time together. And I want, Doug, it's good to see you. Good to see you in the house. I saw your hat as you were walking. I was like, is that Doug? Then I heard Matthew talking to you. It's good to have you here. It's good to see some people who haven't been here a while. Come on out. And those of you who are new coming out. Ah, tomorrow we're going to have our critical conversations meeting again. It will be at 7 o'clock. These conversations are really important to me because this is our way of doing our part to shift the consciousness in the United States. And what we've been doing through these conversations is cultivating deep healing, love, understanding, and change in our world. So if you'd like to participate, which I'm inviting you all to participate, just click on the website tomorrow at 7 p.m. You can come right on in. Please feel free to invite others to join us. And there is a volunteer training and appreciation meeting next Sunday at 12 p.m. in the social hall for greeters, ushers, the kitchen team, stewards, and those who want to volunteer for those teams. Please sign up with the usher after service today for the meeting. If you have not done this already, I ask you please Go ahead and fill out your membership form so that we can go ahead and update our church records and also so that I can submit an accurate count for membership to the Unity Worldwide Headquarters. All you have to do is go to our website, click on About Us, and then click on that membership form. And right there, you can go ahead and fill it out. And because our annual meeting and budget approval is on February 19th at 11.30 down in the social hall. And so you need to fill out your form by February 17th to vote in the meeting. I, and if you want to join through Zoom, just click on the link online. Everything is set up and easy for us, uh, as you were saying. Now, we're going to have my next class, Celestine Prophecy, is coming up. It'll be starting on February 19th. To register for that class, all you have to do is email me at seniorminister at unityfh.com. And then also, today's prayer chaplain was going to be Sharon Lewis. Hopefully, she'll be here before service ends. If not, uh, we will see what we can do. Um, but we normally meet the prayer chaplains over in the section, but in the back of the sanctuary by the patio doors. And to stay abreast of what's going on, visit our website, unityfh.com. Check out our Facebook page and look through our newsletter, which is emailed every Friday. So now as we prepare to hear the music team, which they have beautiful voices, let your hearts be calmed. Let your body relax as we prepare for the daily word and our opening prayer and meditation.
If you'd like to close your eyes to hear the daily word, I would invite you to do so. Take a deep breath and just settle into your seat. Sunday, January 22nd, 2023. Power. Today we affirm, my thoughts and words reflect my divine inheritance. And our message reads, when I listen to my inner conversation and recurring thoughts, I may hear fear-based limiting talk, or I may hear positive words encouraging me to live joyfully and confidently. The choice is mine. Through my divine gift of power, I take command of my thoughts and my life. I release thoughts of powerlessness, and as I do, my negative self-talk diminishes. I affirm my divine inheritance of faith, wisdom, understanding, and strength with my thoughts, words, and actions. The power to live a full life is mine. I embrace insights I've gained through experience. I own my mistakes without shame or embarrassment. I am eager to learn. I am willing to try new things and stretch myself. In power, I thrive. Our Bible verse for today is from Proverbs 18:21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Let us pray. So if you haven't already, I invite you to gently close your eyes and take a deep breath. Let your focus flow down into the center of your chest. Allow yourself to move into a state of peace. Let your mind be free. Let your heart be open. Let your body be relaxed and still. And from this space we pray acknowledging that there is only one power and one presence active in our lives and in the universe, God the good omnipotent. And God, as we tune into your power, your presence, your knowing within us, we release the hustle and bustle of the day. We let our worries, concerns, and anything that's bothering us drift away. We open ourselves up to hear your message. And we open ourselves up to let the Christ within bring the meaning to that message so deeply into our hearts that we feel one with it. We thank you for activating the Christ within us that as we feel one with your message that Christ moves us to be that message and it is our commitment to do so. We truly walk in the consciousness, let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me. And we thank you for being that peace that we demonstrate in this world. And as we settle in a little bit more, just to sit in your presence, we allow our hearts to take in love as we breathe in deeply. and exhale deeply. 
So we breathe in love deeply. And we exhale by releasing, letting go, and letting you take love out into the world from our heart. And just sit in that space of just breathing in deeply love. And let love radiate deeply as you exhale out into the world. And just sit in that feeling of love just for a little bit. You are a powerful expression of God's love. You are loving. You are lovable. And God loves you just the way you are. Take a deep breath and breathe in that knowing. And God, we thank you for your mighty gift of love that loves us no matter what. Teaches us how to love you in that same vein. How to love ourselves just as deeply as you love us. And how to be that expression to everyone in the world. We lift this prayer in the mighty name and nature of the indwelling Christ. Thanking you for relaxing our bodies, opening our minds, and preparing us to be your message. And so it is. Amen. And now let us affirm our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And now let us affirm our growth affirmation as well, knowing that it is working. Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuaries, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world.
love, I love, I love our band. <laughs> Woo! You guys got us hyped today. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to come to, to, come to church. <laughs> you, you, you do what at church? We rock and roll. <laughs> it feels good, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Holy moly. Uh, I forgot my joke. <laughs> so so I, I was just going to the talk. I sure did. It's like, vroom, right over my head. Oh, man. So, <laughs> so we are continuing our study on the parables. And we are also, this, this month, we started on, well, last week, we started on the parables of the, there's three, it's a trilogy of the lost, blank. So last week was the lost sheep, this week is the lost coin, and next week will be the lost son. And, next, and the lost son is also, also the parable of the prodigal son. But one of the things that's important to look at here is that Jesus is talking, the major things here are the issues that are, the things that he's focusing on is being lost and then being found and celebrating that. The big piece that he's He's really talking about as far as heaven, it's the celebration piece. And when we read it last week, we, to give you a backstory on this, Jesus is talking, is teaching the tax collectors and what they call notorious sinners. And the Pharisees and the um, religious leaders, religious law, law, teachers of the religious law are complaining and murmuring that Jesus is being around these people who are sinners who are the undesirables, who no, no one would want to be around. And so they're criticizing him, and they're judging him. And so he hears them complaining. And he sets out with this parable about the lost sheep. Then he moves into the parable about the lost coin, and then he moves into the parable about the lost son. Now what he's telling them through these parables is that he did not come for those who thought they were already uh, knew, that, knew that they knew that they knew. He came for those people who felt lost. But the kicker is, while he's telling these stories, he's also indirectly um, gearing them towards them. Because the truth is, they're the real ones who are lost, and Jesus is talking to them. Does that make sense? He was pretty cool at how he did that. And what I love is that he used the power of imagination and faith to bring us into a, because it didn't stop them. You can read these stories, they're timeless to bring us into a deep understanding of what he's talking about. And he uses the earthly uh, things that they're doing. So he's talking about being a farmer. He's talking about sowing seeds. He's talking about finding coins. He's talking about shepherding sheep. He's talking about these things that were what they did to survive in that time. But you can still look at it on a metaphysical level because when you go deeper on a deeper level, you go into a deeper understanding as far as what he's telling us, as far as God's heart towards us. Does that make sense? And so as we talk through these parables, which are earthly stories with heavenly meanings, I'm going to go on the surface level, what it means, and then we're going to go into inserting ourselves in the story, and then we're going to go on a deeper level, a mystical level, where we identify it through our consciousness. And so the parable that we're going to go into, and the title of my talk is Parable of the Lost Coin. And this is from Luke chapter 15. I'm in verse 8, 9, and 10. 
And what I'm reading from is the New Living Translation. And you can feel free to bring your Bibles, either digital or um, print, if you want to. And so I'm going to start reading. Or, or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and, care, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Let me pray. So God, I thank you for working with me all week through this talk, for preparing me to get out of the way so that you can use me as the vessel for your message. May the words of my heart, the words of my mouth rather, and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, for I know that you are the one that realigns me and puts me straight. And I allow you to do that right now, letting my human decrease and my spirit increase. Thank you, God. Amen. So, one of the things that I've been re researching this that, came, that I've been really going deeply into is, as I mentioned last week, Jesus had diff three different ways of emphasizing his his meaning or his message. And one of them was through repetition. So, and, and another thing he'd say is, um, verily, verily, I say unto thee. And that, when he would say that, he's about to say something, put some emphasis, it was putting an emphasis on what he was saying. And he'd also repeat himself. And then also he used the, the power of progression. So his stories would progress and get more um, impactful than the other. And then the last thing that he would do was exaggeration. So like one of the times he said that it is easier to get a camel through the eye of a needle than to get a rich man to in the kingdom of heaven. That's an exaggeration, and that is how they spoke. So it's a play, not a play on words. It's a, um, I'm trying to figure a speech. It's a figure of speech that they used at that time. And so he used those ways of catching the attention. He was an amazing storyteller and, orator, uh, and, and speaker. So he used those ways. And here he's using these three stories together to show how deeply God loves us and is there for us in those moments that we are lost. And the beautiful thing is, there's this oneness in you that's the presence of God, that even in those moments that you feel confused, and in those moments when you feel lost, and in those moments where you just feel like you're alone, you never are. And it's always the spirit in you seeking to communicate with you, having a relationship with you, waiting for you to tune in and have a relationship with it. Does that make sense? Because we're created to be the expression of it, and you cannot fully be the expression of that which you were made in the image and likeness of unless you go inside and create a relationship with it. This is connected. This is talking about those, these lost are talking about those who have, who have veered away from their relationship with God. They've gotten distracted, and they're in a consciousness that's out of alignment with the presence of God. Does that make sense? And I have a feeling at one point or, of an, or another each one of us has felt lost. Would I be overstepping if I say that, or would I be kind of on point? Kind of on point, right? All of us have been the lost sheep, or the lost coin, or the lost son, or even the lost brother. 
because the prodigal son is not just about the lost son, it's about the lost brother as well. And so when we go into this one, you look at a contrast on what he's talking about. When he starts off, he talks about a shepherd, which is a man. Here in this scripture, in this story, he's talking about a woman. And that was big because in Judaism and in Jewish times back then, women were considered property. So he's esteeming her and exalting her by using her in a parable as an example for Pharisees and others to look at as a teaching mechanism. That's some deep business. He didn't see women as less than. He didn't see women as property. As a matter of fact, women took up a lot of his ministry. They ministered to people. They also um, funded his ministry, and they were there to provide a lot of what was needed when he was speaking. And so he really appreciated women, even though in Judaism back then, the Jewish tradition, they did not. He was a rebel. So when he talks about the shepherd and the lost sheep and the sheep wanders off, he's talking about heedlessness. And then when he's talking about the lost coin, he's talking about carelessness. And so as we move into the lost coin, and, and we move into this deeply, it says that uh, a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Now, this is really important because at, back, in the, back in that time, and I don't know if it's still the tradition now, Jewish women were given 10 silver coins or given a dowry or given something that they were, that, uh, either a gift from their husband, it was usually 10 coins. That was a common thing to do. And they would string them together and make a headpiece, a, a, a piece of jewelry. And so she's looking at her, her coins, her piece of jewelry, and she's realizing one is missing. And then it says that she uh, takes a, won't she take a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it. Now, she took a lamp because back in the day when they had those houses, like they were kind of huts, there were no windows. And so she needed a light to look, and they had dirt floors. And so she would, needed a light to look down, and she'd use a broom to sweep, to reach up under things that she could not reach, and also to kind of sweep and clear so that she could find that stone, that, that um, coin. And the other part of it is, back then, when, when they found things, when they did things, they did rejoice together. That was part of their tradition, is communion and spending time together. So they rejoiced. I remember one time... I lost a sil uh, silver dollar. My grandmother, my father's mother, used to give us all silver dollars for our birthday, not for our birthdays, for, yep, for our birthdays and for Christmas. And I had 20 of them. And I was excited about that because she sometimes gave them to us when we had good grades too. And I did lose one. And that, that was valuable to me, not just because it was a silver dollar, but it was valuable to me because my grandmother gave it to me. It's the same thing here. Those coins are valuable because back then, that was the, the, the price of maybe, a, a, it, it was worth maybe one day's worth of, of pay, wages. And in Greek, it was called a drachma, and it's a Roman denari, denarii, which is about $100. So if they had that on their head, it was about $1,000 with 10, 10 of them. So missing one and you're a poor woman means a lot because that's food for a day. 
But when we go deeper into this, we're going to see, I want us to see ourselves in there as well. Now, why is she looking carefully? Because it was careless, her carelessness that caused her to lose the stone in the first place. And when you think about that in life, how many times we can be careless in life. And it's not just the stone, the st I mean the coins. The coins represent our thoughts and our beliefs. And it's frivolous thoughts and what we think is frivolous beliefs, but they have a value on us that can change your consciousness and keep you from being aligned with God. So saying things like, I'm so stupid or I'm not good enough or I'm sick or I'm broke or those words after I am, those are seemingly frivolous words, frivolous beliefs, but they keep you out of alignment because the power of your word creates exactly what you say. Does that make sense? So you have to really be careful and conscious and intentional, not careless, with how you use your mind. The shepherd lost the sheep out in the wilderness. She lost this coin inside her home. There's, there's, there, there, that's significant. Outside is your actions outside. Inside is what's going on inside your house. And here is symbolizing inside your mind and your body temple. Does that make sense? So those thoughts that no one, like it's easy to see that someone lost a sheep, is out there. But no one would know you lost a coin in your own home unless you said it. No one would know how you're thinking that's out of alignment with God unless you say it. But the powerful thing is, God is always there, and God is the power that does the thing that you speak or say or think or believe. And if you're out of alignment, even one little thought, just like those 10, one missing coin, lessens the value of that jewelry, one missing thought that's in alignment with God, one low vibrational thought that seems frivolous, lowers the vibration of your mind, lowers the vibration of your body, opens you up to encounter things that you do not want to encounter. If you're thinking and worrying about being sick, I had somebody during COVID who kept talking to me about she didn't want to get sick, she didn't want to get sick, she didn't want to catch COVID, she didn't want to catch COVID. She wore two masks, she did not want to catch COVID. She made sure she had a mask on every single time, but ended up because she's stressed about it so much, instead of I'm staying in a healthy state of mind, I'm whole, perfect, and complete, I don't want to catch COVID. What you, per what you resist, you persi it persists, and you draw it to you. What you're afraid of, you end up drawing it to you. She ended up bringing it in her home. She let her friend come in her house, who happened to be around somebody who had COVID, and she ended up getting it. Watch your thoughts. If it's something you do not want to happen in your life, take that lost coin, the value of it, and increase it to what you do want in your life to bring yourself in alignment with the fullness that you are, and that's the presence of God. Does that make sense? So, that, so let's move forward. Let's do this on a deeper level. He's saying how... I'm listening. There's three things that Jesus is talking about in this parable that's really important for us to understand. The number one, the first one is that every lost soul is worth fighting for. Everyone. Even if it's somebody who's been complaining about the same thing for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And years. 
And when you talk to them, you feel like 10 times they're on you because they're saying the same thing they were saying 10 years ago. That person, even if they're missing the mark and not getting it yet, their soul is still worth fighting for. So when they're around you, talking about the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, you can hold them up with your consciousness of seeing them through the eyes of truth and speaking truth to them and knowing that God is still fighting inside for them to come forth into the truth. Does that make sense? The moment you judge them, you become the Pharisee who is lost there too. Because judgment brings you out of alignment with the Christ consciousness that only sees love, only sees God, only sees truth, and only sees God working in that person's life. The other thing that Jesus is saying in this parable is God never stops searching for opportunities. Spirit in you is, is created. Spirit in you is created. When God slept, uh, when God rested on the seventh day, God didn't rest, rest. God didn't have to create anymore. God became the expression of the creation. And so there's this part in you that's seeking and searching for opportunities to demonstrate what you are. And it will never stop. It will never stop. Whether you're in alignment with it or not, it'll find another way to get your attention to bring you back into your truth. Does that make sense? So since that's the case, don't you ever stop searching either. Don't you ever stop searching for opportunities to express the God in you or to see the God in somebody else. Because as you see the God in them, you're seeing it with the eyes to see which is the God in you. You're demonstrating it on a higher level. When you look at yourself and you say to yourself, I may have messed up instead of I'm a screw-up or I'm a mess-up. There's a difference there. Does that make sense? I'm feeling uncomfortable versus I am sick. Does that make sense? My bank account doesn't have finances, but I am prosperous and whole and complete and abundant. You keep seeking and searching for opportunities to demonstrate it, to see it, to be it, to believe it, and then become the vibration of it. Go and walk as if you are. She searched with that lamp until she found it. Now, what does it mean, the lamp? Because this will help us in our searching. The lamp is more powerful than a candle because it holds the oil. Both of them have a wick that's dipped into it. But the lamp has oil, which is the power of the word of God. The light is the spiritual illumination you get when you tune into the Word of God. Does that make sense? But you can't get it unless you tune in and start searching for it. You can't get it until you step away from what you, what you think you are and search for what you truly are. Does that make sense? And when you bring it all together, and you bring your mind together, and you shine light on that spot, all of a sudden, you see it shining in the darkness, or you might sweeping, you might clear out your mind because you can see those thoughts that are no longer serving you and that are now frivolous, and you get to sweep them out of your mind. You get to sweep them out of your behavior. You get to sweep them out of how you're speaking over yourself. You get to sweep them out of how you believe in yourself to be and others to be. You get to sweep them out of what you're saying about yourself, and you get to see the coin that you are, the value that you are. 
and you get to speak it over yourself. She celebrates it, which means she tells her testimony. We're not meant to stay quiet when we have overcome. We're meant to share our testimony so that others can see as we are even in the midst of it. Claim your testimony. I got a, I got a testimony. And this is a deep one for me and also the person I'm about to share with. And a couple of you have heard this story before, but I'm going I'm to word it a little differently um, to be safe for legal purposes. <laughs> so I, there's someone I know who went into a very big retail uh, store. And she was scanning her items. It was late at night. And on the way there, she had just finished working for Uber for 12 hours. She was tired. It was like 9, 10, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. She goes in there, and she's scanning her items. And then the scanner starts acting goofy. So she goes to the second scanner, and she starts scanning, and it's acting goofy again. So she asks the guy at the, at, the, at, the, at the place, can you help me? So he comes to help her, and he gets a phone call. So he goes back to the phone call, and then he says, I can't do anything to help you. She's like, are you kidding me? So she goes to the third scanner, and she scans the last of her items, and then she pays her stuff, and she goes leaving. Right before she gets to the door, this lady comes running out there. I caught you. You were stealing. You're going to jail. Black woman in a place where there is a lot of racism, and at this company, they set you up. When she tried to scan that other item, the lady cut the scanner off. When she tried to get the guy's help, the lady told him, don't help her. I'm catching her. She's one of mine today. When she went to talk to her, and then she's in the place. Now, she is a minister. She does security for this gated community. The police officers know her in this area. So they're being called. She, they, she, they called the police on her. She said, all I got to do is pay the $10. What is it, just $10 or something? Let me just pay. No, you're going to jail. You're going to jail. And they held her in there for two hours. She's like, I don't want, I can't read this. What do you want me to sign? I'm not signing anything. If you don't sign it, you're going to jail tonight. And you'll have more time on your jail sentence when we prosecute you. Police officer came in there. The, there was two police officers came in there. And it was interesting because you could tell that it did it. For them, it didn't seem right. But because the company was pursuing this, they had to put her do an arrest. But they didn't cuff her and take her in the car and take her. They let her go. It was on a Friday night. She would have had to stay in jail for the weekend. She has an autistic son at home who cannot be by himself. She's trying to tell him, I got to get home to my son. The police officers let her go the weekend and told her to come into the um, into the, uh, the precinct the next week, you know, that Monday. So she is able to go in. She gets fingerprinted and booked. The lady who's booking her, patting her down, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It doesn't look right. They know about this. So she gets her lawyer, pays $2,000 to this lawyer. He says, yes, we're going to get you off. But then he realizes who the company's with and all of that stuff. And he realizes, he said, for 34 years, I've dealt with this company, and I've dealt with this uh, DA, and you will not get off here because of the way this city is. You are not going to, and I hate to say it, that that's the way it is here, but being a black woman, you're not going to get off. 
his company is going to take you to jail. Now, she does research and finds out that they get some type of compensation off of this, the retail company. She's calling me stressing like a week before. I said, hold your truth. Are you innocent? Yes, I'm innocent. Then why are you complaining? Why are you worrying? What does the Bible say? You're a minister. I'm holding it for her. Sometimes you need help finding your lost coin. Sometimes you need help somebody coming to your house and find your lost coin, hold the lamp for you while you're stressed and worried. And that's what I was doing for her. Holding it in faith, knowing. She said, but this is a big company, and for years they've been railroaded. They have 10, but they have buses of 10 people at a time coming in every day, and I'm number 10 on the list. I said, and you're going to be the number one that wins. They're not going to railroad you. Stick to your truth. God is with you. She gets to the court. Even a judge says, who is that? Why is she in here? Is she a victim? I don't know. To the plaintiff, go ask her. They come down and ask her, hey, are you, are you a victim here? No, I'm a defendant. You're a defendant? What? What's your name? She tells them her name. Yeah, it does. yeah, she's on here. We'll see what this is about. So they come to her when it comes to her part, and this is when they're trying to decide whether they're going to make it a trial or not. And they offer her this big thing, this big plea. She says, I'm innocent. No, I'm not taking that plea. So the lawyer walks away. I think that's the best you're going to get. I just told you how they are in the city. She said, no. And she texts me, and she's talking to me. I'm like, oh, I said, God is with you. So the guy comes back and says, this is the best offer you could ever get. Six months probation, 24 hours in jail, and your license, is, uh, your license is revoked for the rest of your life. She's like, are you kidding me? I cannot leave my son, and I am innocent. So he leaves out. He said, how much did you, was it? She said, $10. So he goes in to talk to the DA and the judge. When he's walking down the hall, she says, God, you got to work through him. She, bought, she found her coin. She found her strength. And she sat with it. I am innocent. All thoughts in my consciousness are holding the truth that I'm innocent. The Bible says that not to worry about what to say when you go into court because the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. My words are I'm innocent. I'm not taking a plea. Take me to court. The guy comes back down, the lawyer comes back down and says, I have never seen this in my life. They have retired your case, which means kind of it's dismissed. You're on probation for 12 months. Just don't do anything. She said, I'm 60 years old. I haven't done anything. I don't even have a ticket. And do not go into that facility again for 12 months. She trusted God. She brought that lost thought of worry into the fold. I helped her with that, shining the light of the spiritual truth, the, the spirit of the word, the power of the word that's in the lamp, that oil in the lamp, and I shined it for her when she couldn't. Where in your life can you shine a light for someone else or you need to shine a light for yourself? Where do you need to find that coin, that thought, that moment in your soul that's out of alignment and it's keeping you from, from like feeling like it's, there's moments when it's like it's something wrong. Something's missing. Something's missing. When you have those moments, tune in completely. All you got to do to shine that lamp is ask for help. 
Lord, show me, illuminate my mind, show me. The Bible says, lean not on your own understanding. Understanding is the illumination because your human understanding is limited to your own, your own experiences. God will go way past what your own experiences were. That lawyer was blown away. He told her, you have changed me. You have reminded me of something, that there are people like you out there. She said, what do you mean people like you that are really innocent? And that's why I became a lawyer in the first place. You reminded me of that. Thank you for that. You are all innocent too. Whether you mess up or not, the action does not make the person. Shift your consciousness. Look inside and find those parts of your consciousness. Make the complete jewelry. Put it together because it's not complete unless you find that. The beautiful thing is it represents that she was married. One with another person in God. You are one with God. God is one with you, moving and breathing and having his being in you, waiting for you, searching for you to move and breathe and fully have your being in it. Are you ready to move and breathe and fully have your being in God? Yes? Yes. yes. I am ready to fully move and breathe in God. Together, I am ready to fully move and breathe in God. Say it again. I am ready to fully move and breathe in God. One more time. I am ready to fully move and breathe in God. Close your eyes with me and let's just do a brief, a brief uh, imagery. Imagine yourself as that lady who just got her lamp and she's looking for her lost coin. Imagine yourself bending down and sweeping in the areas with that lamp. And hear God telling you where to sweep. And you go to sweep and you hear something with that, that broom. And you shine a light down there and you see it. You put down the broom and you reach in there and you get that coin and you pick up that coin and you celebrate. You're so happy. And then you go out and you celebrate with your friends and your neighbors and families and tell them. And you hear God celebrating with the angels in heaven as well, inside of your consciousness. Because you know that now you are one with the presence of God. This is spiritually showing that you found your way back to feeling that oneness with God. Breathe in deeply, put your hand over your heart and breathe in, I am the love of God. I am no longer that lost coin. Thank you God that I am found. Help me to share my testimony as I rejoice. Thank you God. Thank you God. Thank you God. Amen. Amen. That's it. Thank you.
Nicholas, you've been holding out on us. <laughs> that was cool, bitch. That was sweet business. <laughs> now, we don't have to feel bad because he has his own band and he's out performing in front of everybody else. Now we get to see him perform in front of us, too. Yes. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> 
So now I invite you to gently close your eyes as we prepare to do our love offering blessing and take a deep breath, feeling a state of consciousness, of prosperity and abundance. And bring to mind what you feel led to give for a love offering today. And let's go ahead, if you need to open your eyes, you may do so. If not, keep your eyes closed. Let's go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. And just remember, for, and for those of you who are new, if you would like to give through, uh, to Unity of Farmington Hills through the website, just go to unityfh.com, click on Donate, and you can donate there either through debit card or credit card, PayPal, um, those two, or you can send in a check. I'm going to do it, Dennis. You ready? You can send it to Unity of Farmington Hills, 32500 West 13 Mile Road, Farmington Hills, Michigan, 48334. <laughs> Been a long time since we did that together. And also, we are still having our capital campaign. So when you go online to do that donation as well, you can click on the box that says capital campaign. After you do your regular donation, you can do that one as well. And if you want to contribute to the angel fund, you make sure you specify angel fund when you go to drop down button, the drop down. If anybody needs help from our spiritual community, from the angel fund, please email me at seniorminister at unityfh.com. The policies and procedures are on the website, so when you go online, you can look on the website and find that as well. Let's stand up so that we can do our prayer for protection. Ah, Y'all feeling hyped? <laughs> so am I. <laughs> let's go ahead and affirm this. And as we affirm this, let's affirm this with the gusto that it is the God speaking inside of us. Our full consciousness and the power of our full consciousness praying for us and the world. Together, the light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.